0: going to have a conversation here that's kind of interesting. A lot of uh, news lately about the fact that our federal government has really, really ramped up our immigration um, goals, right? One and a half million new Canadians within the next three years, okay? So you're looking at about a half million a year. Federal officials say we got to have to do this because, as you know, and we've talked so much about um, the economy and all the different sectors that are facing labor shortages. Well, how are we going to fill them? They think immigration is one way of doing that. Uh, it's also spiked a lot of concern, though. Uh, people saying, okay, well, where are we going to put these people? We've also got a housing crisis. It's not just a labor crisis that we're dealing with. Uh, it's almost impossible to afford a home in some parts of this country. And if we bring in a whole bunch more people that want homes, that problem's only going to get worse. So what does the data tell us about that? We're going to have a conversation uh, with Ricardo Tranjan, who is a political economist and senior researcher with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. Ricardo, thanks for joining us. I appreciate your time today. Good morning. So the concern here, and you know, I mean, on the surface, it makes sense, right? If we're bringing in hundreds of thousands of newcomers every year when we already have a housing crisis, we can only make the housing crisis worse. I mean, that's the complaint that we're hearing, right? Yes, it makes a lot of sense.
1: It's a a common concern and it makes sense. People are thinking, well, I have a hard time finding a house. We've put that many more people in here uh, looking for a house just like I am. It's going to get more difficult to find one. The prices are going to go up. It's a common concern um, and it sounds reasonable, but in fact, it's not exactly like that that works. One key reason is that when we talk about housing affordability, we usually confound that with housing shortage. And they're not the same thing. The fact that the prices are so high that it's so hard to afford one, doesn't really necessarily mean that there is not enough houses. They're related, but the 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 relationship is not that straightforward.
0: Okay. And, and what about the fact? I mean, if if you just think about it for a minute, a, a lot of newcomers to this country, brand new immigrants to Canada, I don't know if a lot of them are buying homes anyway.
1: No, usually no. The fact is, there's a small share of immigrants who come um, who have enough capital right away to buy a home, even though the government tends to now uh, prioritize more and more economic class immigrants, that means uh, professionals with particular skills that have a lot of experience in their fields who are more likely to quickly integrate into the labor force that about 60% of the target right now it's for those immigrants even then um, they usually don't arrive with enough cash to buy a house they're more likely to go to the rental market and they can put some pressure in the rental market yeah. if um, if it's really concentrated if all of them come to Toronto or to all to one city you can put a, a little pressure on the rental market that's true uh, but in terms of, of home ownership, it's unlikely that there will be competition right away. I mean, I guess downstream it might, right?
0: I mean, uh, you know, within two, three years, conditions may be different and they may be in a position to buy a home. So you might see the pressure increase then. Would that be possible? Um, Could
1: be. But but the big picture is that we have to remember that what is putting pressure on the housing price, what making prices go up, it is not necessarily lack of supply. So when we look at from 2006 to 2016, right, that 10 year period. Mm -hmm. In that period, we built more homes than there were new households. On average, 30,000 more per year. So every year, on average, there were 30,000 more homes than new families in Canada. And the price of houses didn't go down. It kept going up and going up by a lot. So it is important to build homes, Supply is part of the problem, uh, specifically some types of supply that we're missing, and in some places, and there's a whole question of, yes, we absolutely need to build more, but building more doesn't always bring prices down, and for the last 10 years, what we have seen is not a shortage of number of houses, it's a market that is largely unregulated, it's credit that is really easy to access, and it's really cheap, a number of other factors that are driving prices up. So it's not necessarily just the people that we have, it's the rules that we have that are driving prices up.
0: Interesting. So I think a lot of us would just think, oh, it's supply and demand. We don't have enough houses for all the people that want them, therefore they cost more. But you're saying it's a lot more complex than that.
1: It is. It is because a lot of us do the economics one-on-one course, yes. where there's one going, one line going one way, the other line going other way, and then this one goes up, the other goes down, and that is a good, you know, principle of economics. But it's it's much more complicated, and especially the housing market, it's much more complicated because um, housing is built on land, and land is scarce, right? So mm-hmm. so so the supply is, is is different, and the demand is not very elastic. There's a number of factors there. But um, what some of the experts call it's overcharged demand. Overcharged demand means that in the last 10 years or so, folks had a lot of access to cheap credit, and that made them willing to bet a lot of money on houses. They also have high expectations of return, of returns in investing in real estate. So even if the house seems too expensive, they think that 10 years from now, it's going to be the double the price. So I'm going to pay the price anyways. I'm going to forego <laughs> the inspection. I'm going to, you know, do all of these things that are quite irrational from a truly economic perspective but it's based on a whole bunch of factors. Um, the interest rate being is too low, um, the expectation that profits will, returns will be high, the social pressure sometimes from parents, family, and friends to become a homeowner and no longer rent because you're too old for renting, all of those factors play into it. Uh, so we need to build more housing, and we're building, and there's plans, I think, across the province to continue to build more housing. That's important, and to, among other things, to accommodate new immigrants. Uh, but that won't... Bringing prices down by itself,
0: and 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 the bottom line here, I mean, if, if we, the construction industry is the one saying, "Listen, we need workers. We we we'd like to build the homes. We we'd love to see that happen, but we don't have the people to build the homes." So, I mean, it's step one if we're going to build more homes and increase the supply. We need people to do it, and that's through immigration.
1: Yes, and that's a general argument, not only for for the the, the building and the construction yeah. industry. Uh, so we, we talk about labor shortages these days, and we usually associate it with the pandemic, right? And, and in fact, there are less, fewer people come in. There's some movements and all of that. But the bigger picture, and I think the, the one factor that the government is really taking into account with this new um, bold target, is the aging population. So that's those are the numbers that actually keep me waking up at night. So in, in 1966, for example, there was 200 people. Entering the labor force, people between 15 and 24, forever 100 people who are leaving the labor force between 55 and 64, right? Mm-hmm. Right now we have 81 for to 100 people. So right now we have fewer people entering the labor force than people about to leave the labor force. Um, in the 1970s, we had the ratio for people who are active in the labor force to people who are retired was 7 to 1. Uh, by 2035, if you don't do anything about it, the ratio might be close to 2 to 1, right? right. So, so we, we, there is an economic imperative on having more people at working age in this country. Um, so otherwise, it's going to be really difficult for, for the economy and for public finances specifically.
0: Right across the board. And housing will just be one segment that we're talking about at that point, no doubt about it. Um, Ricardo, thank you so much for your insight. I appreciate it.